Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello and welcome. I am your host, Michael Moorcroft. Thank you for tuning into the Mage as well, your 101 guide to all things witchcraft and spiritual. Welcome back, Mages. Spring has sprung in the Western Hemisphere. Persephone has left the underworld and her mother has stopped grieving. Flowers are beginning to bloom and life is returning. It's a time for renewal, of awakening and rebirth. So today, I want to talk to you about plant spirits and mandrake. I'm going to read to you a passage from Kirke by Madeline Miller. Let me say what sorcery is not. It is not divine power, which comes with a thought and a blink. It must be made and worked, planned and searched out dug up, dried, chopped and ground, cooked, spoken over and sung. Even after all that, it can fail, as gods do not. If my herbs are not fresh enough, if my attention falters, if my will is weak, the drafts go stale and rancid in my hands. Each herb must be found in its den, harvest at its time, Grubbed up from the dirt, cold and stripped, washed and prepared. It must be handled this way, then that, to find out where its power lies. Now, traditionally, practitioners were limited to local herbs. Today, we easily have at our fingertips access to plants and botanicals that a few hundred years ago weren't only rare, but to have in your possession was enough for the Catholic Church to declare you a witch and potentially burn you at the stake. Oak and mistletoe were revered by the druids, and we know very little of them, however, Pliny the Elder does describe a ritual. Mistletoe would be harvested with a golden sickle on the sixth day of a moon, and then two white bulls would be sacrificed. After this, a potion would be brewed that would be believed to be the antidote to all poisons. And ancient Europe was so densely covered with these oak trees that there were certain Germanic tribes who never reached the edge of them. Ancient cultures all over the world, whether it be in the forms of tribes, clans, or sects, 
throughout the ages till the industrial age they all maintain plants for spiritual and or medicinal purposes and often the line between these two was blurred now this relationship it is maintained in pockets around the world but slowly we're losing it due to globalism and the march of westernism which doesn't appreciate ethnobotany what can you do to develop a relationship with a plant spirit? Well, you could try growing some of your own sacred plants and incorporating them into your practice. There's something called plant sitting, and it involves taking your time with a chosen plant in a quiet space and asking permission to learn from them and listening with all your senses again and again. And this is the best way to develop a relationship with a type of plant and also be ready to share. Because from what I've read, the plants hold lessons and information that needs to be incorporated into your life and then for you to distribute this. And this also develops a bond of trust. Also, giving a plant an offering is quite a traditional practice. Asking permission for your intentions and also being mindful that the plant may refuse you, that there can be a no. Pay attention to how your energy is while you're doing this because this is how the plant will communicate. It's not going to shout boo witch at you, so pay attention. We've all heard of gardeners talking to their plants, and it helps them grow, and scientists have explained this by saying that you're firing carbon dioxide at them, which they feed off. But is there something more subtle happening? In the Amazon, the Mestizo shamans sing to their plants and summon the spirit of each plant before harvesting them. And these songs are learned by the spirits of the plant themselves, giving the song to the shamans through either dreams or working with the plant and dieting with it. Each plant has its own spirit. And the poet Caesar Calvo said that plants are simply the visible portion of the healing. I've got a quote from Karen Saunders that I quite like. If you don't know your own energy, you don't know when another energy is entering into you. The first thing you do in order to understand the spiritual properties of plants is you have to know what your own energy is. And time and time again, we see this. We see this call to know yourself. It's at the heart of any spiritual or mystical practice. And we see it in mystical schools. And know thyself was actually carved on the Oracle of Delphi. And it's been repeated by countless sages and sacred groups. I'd strongly recommend looking into this as it's the basis for any spiritual practice. It's not just for working with spiritual plants. Majors, my sugar pot spell, it's ready. We can lift off and I want your cup to overrunneth. Sugar pot spells are traditionally used to sweeten your life and bring joy. And who doesn't want more of that? I mean, I do. Subscribe to the link in the description and you can be added. What are you waiting for? There's no time to lose. Apothecary's Garden not only sells high-grade resins, from dragon's blood to elmi, for all your ceremonial needs, but also perfumes, essential oils, and handmade cosmetics like the Babylonian beard wax and a frankincense rose serum. Their respiratory first aid balm has 20% off at the minute, and it contains locally harvested and sustainably sourced ingredients, such as eucalyptus and peppermint, as well as the resins of pine and spruce, which help break up phlegm and open the passageways. All this and more at apothecariesgarden.shop. And for you, my cherished listeners, they are offering 15% off with the code MAJORS15, all uppercase and the numbers 1 and 5, and once again, that is apothecariesgarden.shop.
mandrake root. There are many varieties of mandrake, however there is one in particular that is steeped in history, folklore and has heavily been associated with witchcraft, and it's the mandragora officinarum variety. Mandrake has heavily been linked to witchcraft in the occult for centuries, which could partly be due to the fact that its roots often resemble human-like figures. It's sacred to Hecate, Diana and Aphrodite, and there's a description of Hecate's mystical garden contained within the saga of the Argonauts. Many mandrakes grow within, and it's said with mandrakes, if one is found near a crossroad, it's said to be the most powerful. Mary Louise Crota, in her book, The Miraculous Powers of Nature, said, The magic of roots is as old as humankind. Roots are at home in those places where the dead were buried, and where one conceived of the underworld, the realm of shadows. And yet roots are the intermediaries of life. In a way, that is difficult to comprehend. Both realms seem to be near and familiar to life and to death. It is in such magical domains that the spirits and enchanted ones live, the dwarves and the goblins. The mandrake is also a rare and fabulous being between the worlds, powerful and dangerous at the same time. Mandrake is used for protection, fertility magic, dark moon vision quests and any sort of Saturn workings. It's said to have grown from the fluid that spilled from the liver of Prometheus while others have suggested that mandrake was supposedly created and moulded from the same clay that Adam came from. Access to the plant was limited as it was only found around the Mediterranean. Practitioners in England swapped it with hembane, which has a similar chemical profile and it's used in flying ointments. Now to curb lay people harvesting the root and to stop theft, merchants and sellers of mandrake, and also witches, created a myth that when uprooted the mandrake root would scream and kill the offender. Elaborate rituals were created, where the plant was tied to a dog who would chase after thrown meat and cause the plant to be ripped up from the earth. The dog would be killed in the noise and act as a sacrifice. This was often called the mandrake's curse, and often gifts were offered in the empty holes left by the root, and they included bread, wine, and or salt. Mandrake was first used by the ancient Greeks and the Romans as an anaesthetic against major surgery or amputation, and it was combined with myrrh and given to crucified prisoners to relieve their pain. It could induce a death-like sleep, and once taken down, prisoners would wake and escape with their lives. Modern science has confirmed these properties by the discovery of poisonous hallucinogens, and one of the accusations that sealed the fate of Joan of Arc was that she carried a mandrake root with her. The root was believed to grant success, wealth, and the power to control your destiny, and that's something that the church wasn't particularly pleased with. And we see it time and time again, and there's one instance that particularly stands out, and it's in 1630. We see that three women are hanged in Hamburg for possession of the roots. But that didn't stop people using it. There's rumours of Caesar Borgia, the son of Pope Alexander VI. He was said to take out enemies of the family with the mandrake poison. There's a belief that it has reproductive abilities and powers, and this actually stems from a passage within the book of Genesis. People said to sleep with the root under their pillow are said to be aided in their efforts to conceive. It's also mentioned in the Ebers papyrus, which I mentioned last week, and the root was actually discovered in Tutankhamun's tomb, and throughout other tombs it's been painted on the walls showing its use within healing ceremonies. And there's one tomb in particular where Osiris, the god of the underworld, is depicted wearing mandrake within his crown. 
It's also seen all over Egypt. It's been planted in gardens sacred to Hathor, which is the goddess of love. So according to myths, Ra one day was unhappy with humans because they were conspiring against him. He created a lion-headed goddess called Sekhmet, who is an early form of Hathor, to punish these humans. She slaughtered countless people, and her bloodlust had no end in sight, and Ra wanted to put an end to the slaughter, so he commanded 7,000 jugs of barley beer to be laced with mandrake, and for it to look like blood, red ochre was added to the mix as well. The following day, she saw the beer, and mistaking it for human blood, she lapped it up and became drunk. Her rage calmed, and she transformed into the cow Hathor. To pay homage to this event, a festival was created where young women would create a similar beer. These Hathor festivals were a melting pot of ecstatic orgies with obscene performances, sacrificial activities, and wild music. And the plant has also been connected to the Greek goddess of love, which is Aphrodite. And it's also one of the candidates for the plant described as mole, which I spoke about in the Kirke episode. It's one of the plants that Kirke was believed to work with. It's referenced in Babylonian magic as well, where it was combined with wine, and this was called cow's eye. And it's believed that this name came from the dilating effect that it had upon the pupils. In 200 BC, Carthage was under attack. Facing defeat, Hannibal ordered his people to leave the city, but they left a great feast. The invaders drank and ate and fell into a deep sleep. Hannibal's men stormed the city and slaughtered the invaders while they calmly slept. Hannibal had ordered for the wine to be laced with mandrake. Alexander the Great supposedly owed the success of his military campaigns in the east to its magical powers. The Romans would poison their enemies' food reserves with mandrake. So we can see it's got this rich historical background. People tended to make mannequins out of them, and certain rituals were done where they could actively become your servant. Part of the series of rituals was that the root had to be buried somewhere significant, somewhere like a crossroads or a graveyard, and the root would then be watered with a mixture of milk and the owner's blood, and after a period of time it would be dug up, wrapped in cloth, and taken home and washed in a herbal bath. And it was said that placing money next to the mannequin was said to make it double, as it believed they would come to life and fetch more in the night. And also a whole mandrake placed in the home would bring protection and prosperity. And placed over the fireplace, it's said to invite untold riches. Please be careful if you choose to work with this plant, as it is incredibly dangerous. And majors, that is all I have for you this week. You can find me on Instagram at the majors well. It's the same for Twitter. The email account for the podcast is themajorswell at gmail.com. Please get in touch with any questions, stories, or experiences that you want to share, and they might get featured. If you want to support the show, I've left my Patreon link in the description. You can subscribe to my Sugar Pot Spell. The address is patreon.com slash themajorswell. If you want to support the show but you're not able to, telling your friends about it or leaving a five-star review really does help me. I want to say thank you to Coral St. Clair for the podcast artwork and peace out, witches. Thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.